from runasradio.com. You're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell and Greg Hughes. This is Carl Franklin introducing show number 51 with guest Val Madison, recorded March 13th, 2008. Run As Radio is brought to you each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You're listening to Run As Radio. I'm your host, Richard Campbell, and with me as always, Greg Hughes. That's me. Hey, everybody. Richard, how are you today? Things are good, man. We're just rolling right along here, coming into the spring conference season. Really looking forward to TechEd down in Orlando. That's going to be a big show for us. Oh, yeah. Awful lot of new stuff to be talked about there. Lots of great stuff to learn. Is uh, How does registration work for that? Is that still open? It's open now. Go to Microsoft.com slash TechEd. Cool. And we're going to be there. We'll be on the TechEd online stage down in the main hall doing panel yeah. discussions and various other events, including Speaker Idol. Yep. Speaker Idol, all, all kinds of great stuff, just enhancing just above and beyond what was there last year and what we did in Barcelona last year. Hopefully also talking to some people and getting even more great run-as radio shows just to bring to the audience. Right. And if you've got ideas for shows, send us an email, info at runasradio.com. All right, Greg, let's introduce our guest. Val Madison is the Director of Business Intelligence at System Group Incorporated, a Microsoft Gold certified partner based in Mississauga, Canada. With nearly 30 years of business analytics experience, he is recognized as an expert in creating actionable information from data. He has presented sessions on data warehousing, data mining, and analysis services at Comdex, Dev Days, Microsoft Technical Summits, and conferences in North America and Europe. One of the top data warehouse developers in Canada, Val Madison, was listed in the Who's Who 2000 edition of Channel Business Magazine. He is the developer of InfoViewer Technology, the View Anywhere business analytics and graphics platform that visually associates key performance indicators and metrics in context with the business environment in which they were created. He's also the guy who gave me my first break as a speaker. Way back. Oh, goodness. How long ago was that? 1995? 1996. It's been a while. It's been a while. It was a. It, what was the conference called? Was it Fox Teach? Uh, yeah. Well, you probably would have been there for, I guess, SQL Teach, maybe. Or VB Teach. No, I did VB Teach first, and then I went to your SQL Teach show. But that was okay. a. It was a long time ago. Were you referring to Fox as in Fox Pro? Oh yeah. Oh, Val's an old time Fox guy. I was a Clipper guy, but he was a Fox guy. Welcome, Val. Nice to talk Hi. to you again. That's good to speak with you. <laughs> so, uh, business intelligence, you never got away from the data, did you? No, I've always liked it. Um, I, I guess for me, the big thing is that uh, data is what uh, drives the sort of the information in, in a business. And I'm all about business and making money. And uh, so I guess that's, that's why I've never gone away from it. You're right. Well, yeah, in the end... It, that that is the goal of all of this, right? That's what we were trying to do: is accumulate useful information. But the challenge I find with most folks is that generally companies store data; they don't actually use it for much. Yeah, that's that's unfortunately very very common. People don't understand the the resource that they have in the data. It's it's absolutely huge, and, and quite often, and they they just simply don't know what to do with it. 
seems like a lot of the time they don't even know necessarily what they have if they only knew what they from in a in a bigger group standpoint know they could certainly do their jobs a lot better is business intelligence a term that i mean i'm i'm guessing here that it's a term that means different things to different people and it might be really important to define it and have a good understanding as a baseline yeah, I, I think terms like like business intelligence and data warehousing, those types of things, they do mean different things to different people. Uh, to me, it's to me, it's very simple. It's creating act, something which is actionable from the information that you have. Uh, you sort of have three layers: you've got data, you've got information, and you've got knowledge. So, as a BI consultant, I can work with the data and I can provide you information. I'm not going to tell you how to run your business because if I knew that, I would already be in whatever that business is. I know what information is, so what I do is I try and give you that information and so you can actually go and make the intelligent decisions and, and to improve the business that you're working with. To me, that's what business intelligence is. It's actionable information. Clearly, requirements are a pretty key key part of deciding how to build a business intelligence system or a process or a framework. What what does it take? What do people need to think about at the onset when they're starting to think about how can we better manage and work with our data? People want people really have to know what it is that they want to do. What what are the what, what kind of goals do they want to accomplish with with information they as provide to them? Um, and <laughs> As fundamental as that sounds, you'd be surprised at how few people actually think of the most fundamental things like, what do I want to do with the information once I get it? I've been in situations where I've had that, where people have asked me, you know, we just want to have access to all the information in our systems. Yeah, I want and, a dashboard, yeah. <laughs> right. And well, I said, okay, that's all real good and well. Um, but the thing is, when I ask them, what are the first 20 questions you're going to ask of a system? If you had any, all the possible information available at your fingertips, what are the first 20 questions you're going to ask? And invariably, they don't know. Because there's no strategy, there's no tactics, there's no thought behind you know, putting you against you know, what do they want to do with that information. So as a BI consultant, what, how much time do you find that you need to put into um, that early discovery and those early requirements is it a pretty substantial effort? That's a very to me. It's a very substantial uh, effort. I don't uh, in BI. I don't focus on on the technology. Technology is simply an implementer. It allows me to or sorry, an enabler. It allows me to go and, and enable whatever the people or whatever it is that uh, individuals want to do. So I really focus up front a lot on architecture, information architecture. What is it they want to accomplish with the information? What can they do with it? Um, and then I go downstream from there. But I spend a lot of time up front on that. Isn't this largely a whiteboard exercise? Like, this is not even a technology problem. This is a business problem. I agree. Business intelligence. It's, business, it's a business problem first. I agree, yeah. So first off, get out the whiteboards and make a plan get a picture of what it is we're trying to get to. Is this a big business enterprise? I mean, data warehousing sounds like something a big corporation does. Uh, how applicable is this in the smaller businesses? Well, I think it's applicable everywhere. Um, if you look at Microsoft, they're, trying to, they're, 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 making, a, they're making the technology easier and easier to, uh, to access. But everybody has to, if anyone who deals with data and can actually get some insight out of their data could, could uh, use this type, you know, can use a business intelligence uh, 
a business intelligence approach or business intelligence technologies to go uh, to um, to uh, improve their businesses. So, would you go so far as to say, if you've got SQL Server, you should be using BI? Um, that's a fair thing to say. Um, I've I've had some clients which are actually quite small, um, only ten people in the place. Uh, database is very small. Um, but I actually took SQL Server against uh, against their data and uh, actually used data mining algorithms to go and uh, understand more about uh, more about their 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 individual business. Now, data mining is a different technology again. It's all part and parcel of the same thing. Um, so, if you've got a tool set like 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 SQL Server, so you can do the analytics or OLAP. Um, using uh, cubes, but also with those cubes, you can build data mining models. So you can understand something about your business, something about something as simple as about your customers. What are my high-paying customers? What do they typically buy, or how do they buy, or what kind of things do people buy together? Something as simple as a market basket analysis. So I've done things like, um, let's say, for a client that uh, that sells uh, satellite TV time. In the rural areas, people still use these dishes, and uh, this particular client uh, had a particular, a very, very uh, uh, stable um, customer base, and the customer base wasn't going to grow. It was, it was, if anything, it's going to go downhill because because of digital satellite. And what they did was they want they asked me to say analyze our data so that we can actually try and upsell to our current to our current customer base because we're not going to get any more customers. That's just not happening. And so what I did was I took SQL Server and I, and I looked at the data mining algorithms and I looked at how what people buy. So I know if you buy this particular program, you're likely to buy another pr- program. And so what we did was we did the analysis and we went back to the sales staff and said, when you're talking to Mrs. Smith out there in Saskatoon, um, if she buys this particular program, why don't you suggest the other one? And their sales went up by approximately 15% right off the bat, just by, just by suggestion. This is the idea that a bunch of folks had already bought these things together and a bunch more hadn't. So take advantage of the ones that hadn't to do that upsell. That's right. And you, you see that all the time. If you buy a book off of Amazon, Amazon does that on a, reg, uh, on a regular basis. You see that, that thing happening every single day. Right. Uh, people who bought this book also looked at this. Exactly. And Amazon's leveraging automation technology that they've built to do that. Um, I mean, ultimately, if you have an organization, business or otherwise, it, I guess technology, the real benefit of technology is that you can do real-time analysis and everybody can sort of understand where they sit in the context of the big picture right now. So if, if you have a sales staff with an automated system uh, that is talking to a customer on the phone and it says, hey, uh, ask them this question based on some business intelligence data, That that's where you take your enabling tools and and really leverage the data in real time. Is that is that a good example of a benefit there? Yeah, to an extent. Um, I'm, I'm somewhat leery about using the words real time when it comes to uh, analytics. Okay. Um, real time doesn't typically doesn't work. Uh, people think they need the information in real time. And real-time is only good only if you can act in real-time. So if I give you a real-time answer of something, so Amazon would be an example. So I'm already online now. I need to, you need to be able to upsell me while I'm online. Doing it tomorrow sure. is of no value to you. You need to do that real-time. If I'm doing, let's say, some kind of trend analysis, getting real-time data really isn't of much value to me. I'm looking at longer-term trends and longer-term analytics. 
right. longer term patterns that are taking place in my business. So real time in that context really is not applicable. I guess I mention that because uh, because I get asked this real time question a lot uh, from potential clients. Real time anything in the database world tends to be much more expensive. There's hardware, software, maintenance right. issues that are that, that just add to the cost of a project. Um, and you get no real value add from it. This is a, a term that can mean different thing to different people. So real, there's real time gathering of information. I guess my thought was more along the lines of, um, I'm the salesperson in the call center, and I need it to be real time for me, so that right now, as I call up this account, then in the context of my individual real time use of the system, I get information that I can present to the customer. Right, but you're acting real time as well, right? So if I got right. your real time information in that you know, in that context, you've got the customer on the phone, you're going to try and upsell across, so or do whatever you can in that in that real time context. Yeah, I agree. Although, I mean, for the example you just gave, Val, that wasn't a real time exercise at all. You were taking old sales data, comparing it, and saying, here are here's a list of folks that we should be able to upsell to pretty easily, and as we go forward making sales. Make sure you reference these two things together. If somebody asks for one, they probably want the other. So I mean, to my point, you don't have to have real-time quote-unquote analysis. You don't have to have the servers cranking away on that data, trying to keep up with your conversation to get advantage from this stuff. I agree. Uh, what are the major components we're looking at here? I mean, analysis services, it's just in the box with SQL 2005, right? No extra charge. It's just there, ready to go. Uh, all that stuff comes comes as part of the uh, part of the box. Sometimes people don't even realize what they have in the in the box of SQL Server. It's it's got reporting services, analysis services, integration services. Um, it's all sitting in the box. They don't even realize that they have a data mining component because it's sort of buried in with analysis services. But the data mining components there as well. So if you own a copy of SQL Server 2005, you already own all these analysis tools. Maybe we can do a a quick recap. I mean, analysis service is an interesting term, but integration services, what are we really talking about there? Integration services is Microsoft's ETL tool, extract, transform, and load. It allows you to take data from one source or, sorry, multiple sources um, and put them into another source or multiple sources. So typically you would have multiple source systems, uh, they don't have to be SQL Server. They can be flat files. They can be Oracle. It really doesn't matter what they are. And, of course, it could be SQL Server. And it allows you to take that data and perhaps manipulate that data and then put it into another uh, another uh, destination system. So typically, you, I would imagine it's going to be in SQL Server. So uh, that's what ETL is, and that's what the integration services allows you to do. So typically, you'd be loading other data sources into SQL Server. Is that the normal use for integration services? That's, that, would, uh, that, that would pretty well be it, yeah. And then you use analysis services to sort of analyze that data. That's where the data mining part comes in? Yeah, so the anal- analysis services then goes against the database. Uh, you're going to build the data model. Uh, you're going to build against the data model, and you're going to build this multidimensional cube. And um, that would be done with an analysis services, yeah. The third part of the, the the three free things that many people don't know come with SQL Server is the reporting services. Right, and the reporting services can talk to either either data that's built in, uh, that resides in SQL Server or elsewhere, or, and, or, um, uh, and or a cube as well, and any com- permutation thereof. So any combination of those things can all go into a single report. Now, the biggest complaint I hear from most folks who just starting to dive into analysis services is that, the, is that the server tools are pretty good, but the client tools aren't. 
Uh, well, to me, the ultimate client tool is Excel, and that tends to be the lowest common denominator with everybody, and that's what everybody ends up migrating to. Any real analysts tend to like they like working Excel, and they tend to migrate to Excel. Um, and quite frankly, I, I, I think Excel is actually a great tool. So you can either use 2003 or 2007. Sorry, Office 2003, Office 2007. 2007 has some enhanced capabilities for uh, uh, analysis services, but both work just fine. Uh, and then there are other tools, of course, you can use. So, so things like ProClarity. Microsoft has bought ProClarity right now. Uh, ProClarity now. Um, and that's a great, uh, a great front end uh, for, for analytics. It allows you to, to share uh, models um, and allows you to do lots of different sort of drill down capabilities and analytics capabilities. I think that's the big thing that people stumble over is the analytics side of the the person wanting to mine through the data or search through the data trying to find things. Uh, they getting a great tool that allows you to sort of slice and dice and filter and move around to try and find something intelligent in all of that OLAP data. Well, the, the tools, like, I'm just going to go back to what I just said. Excel is a great tool for slicing around and, and looking at information. You can take a look at, I want to see this by this, by this, by this, by this. You want to do that kind of analysis? You can. Or I want to see this by that, by that, by that. You can take whatever combination of things that you want. This also comes back to something, though, that has to do with going back to the, the whole our whole conversation, which revolves around business intelligence. You also have to ask intelligent questions. So the system, just because you've built this cube, doesn't mean you're going to get you know fantastic answers. You still have to ask questions, and you still have to be able to uh, understand the, the the data. You have to be able to understand what's coming back. Is is anything here of value, and and, and or is anything here that's actionable as well? So this is where we get into this phrase, key performance indicators, which, I don't know, it gives me the willies. What is a good key performance indicator? Well, if I want to take a look at, let's say I want to take a look at employee hours or employee sick days, how many people are, are off sick. Um, we're actually doing some analytics for hospitals right now and, and things like uh, staff, how many people are away on on uh, well, way ill is a big is a problem in the hospitals because if they're away if individuals are away ill, um, then they have to pay other individuals overtime to go and uh, pick up the workload. So that's a big cost to the hospital. So you've got two costs. You've got one cost of having to pay the employees who are away ill, then you got this additional cost of having the people to pay uh, uh, to pay people to stick around uh, uh, longer. So one of the indicators will be will be. How many employee sick days do we have? And then whatever the granularity is, whether it's a daily level, weekly level, or monthly level. Uh, typically, you'd work at a weekly level and, and roll up to a quarterly level because they, in the province of Ontario, anyway, there's a lot of, anyway, there's a lot of uh, reporting which is done uh, at a quarterly level. And you take a look at those hours and, and, and match them against the different departments and match them against the different processes to try and understand why people are, are away. Um, are they taking away, are they, are they truly, there's going to be a, a certain amount of people who are truly sick. Well, that is a base, there might be a base value in the population. You're going to get so many sick days and that's part of life's rich pageantry. Uh, but then you've got other, uh, other people who might be taking away, uh, make, might be making long weekends. If there's a, if Friday's a, a fat holiday, they might take the Monday off. There might be instances of that. Or there might be instances within certain departments or certain managers, certain things that you actually can control. So let's say you've got a manager who is, or that people don't like working for, and there's a lot of sick days just associated with that particular manager. 
what's something that is in your control? So you can go and talk to that manager and find out what you know, what's going on there. Is there an issue with the manager or, or is there an issue within that department? Or, or you don't know. But that's what, these, that's what a BI application will, will show you. So it starts with that sort of number of we have this many sick days. Where is it unusually high? And then the various factors you can apply to it to break it down. Maybe we need to get terms right and see if I remember my OLAP terms. Uh, so the number of sick days would be a measure. And then breaking down by apartment or by a given manager would be dimensions. That's correct. So this is somewhat like the relational data model, but I guess it's different too. You have many measures and you have many dimensions and you are able to relate these things together. Uh, but I guess you, you get to this point of the the fact that you find the interesting piece of information was, say, a disproportionate number of sick days for a particular manager. That's correct. Right. And so you, what you might want to do is take a look at baselines or take a look at ratios. Um, so things that you can compare, let's say, department against department, and then compare those, uh, compare those against, let's say, some outrider some value, which is sort of just sticking out out of the norm, saying, you know, all of a sudden, if there's an outrider that allows you to manage by exception, you say, oh, hold on, I have an issue in that area, I need to, I need to investigate that. Then it doesn't necessarily explain why it's happening either. I mean, it could be that this particular area of work that this manager runs makes people sick. That's right. It doesn't explain why. You might not, you know, you might not log, be logging that information at all. So it could be something to do with the manager, or as you say, it could be something to do with maybe just the environment that they're in in that particular department. And the only association you have is, is to a manager. So it, it basically, it's an indicator. So it's an indicator of something, something in the area. It's at least something that you can go and look at and investigate further. It's cool. And, and, and an interesting place to get to from the original sort of just drawing a model I don't think people start out building an OLAP cubes to pursue sick days, but this sort of stuff must just fall out of the the infrastructure once you build it. Oh yeah, the OLAP models they're 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 never static. They're they're very dynamic. They uh, people will sort of tell you what they want, and you go and build a model, and then they see, oh geez, you can ask all these questions they could never ask before. They're sort of like, I'll tell you what I want, and then they tell you what I really want, because then they realize, geez, they can ask questions which they weren't able to ask. I've been in environments where I see the, the reports backlog in the in the I, in the IT department is absolutely huge. I've seen them like a couple of feet thick. These are all requests from different departments of people wanting reports written and analytics written. But if you've got these cubes built, a lot of that stuff goes away, and people can ask questions of their own stuff without having to go to IT. Uh, my my old experience with OLAP, I said if you write a report for someone and they love it, and then immediately want you to change it, you are now acting as the OLAP cube. <laughs> That's your job. You're now being the cube for them. So if you had a cube, you could give it to them, let them change the report. Because once they learn something, they want to do more. That, that's exactly right. They do want to do more. And it well, and so in some ways, if you send them a report and they say, thanks very much, you never hear from them again, that wasn't that good a report. Yeah, I've, I've never understood systems where all people do is just churn out report upon report upon report. People just simply don't have enough time to go and read all that stuff, uh, and it's not actionable. It's um, what what the OLAP environments allow people to do is say, 
It will give them the information they need. It allows them to ask more questions about the information that they're working with. seems like key performance indicators, you know, the whole KPI concept has traditionally been or historically been a management tool and something that management uses in order to try to figure out what to change or what to do differently or if things are working. Um, uh, One of the interesting things about using some of the enabling technology, and maybe we could touch on uh, Microsoft's the performance point or the leverages the office system, but one of the things that that does is it really drills uh, KPI type data and and different uh, performance metrics, even down to the individual person. So I, as a as a worker, can see sort of how I'm doing and what impact I'm having on the big organization and what relationship that has to the big picture. Maybe you could maybe you could talk about it's it's a whole different set of tools that are all sort of neatly packaged together into one one comprehensive system. There, it looks like. Yeah, well, let's, let me talk about KPIs in general. Um, you know, people look at KPIs and they think if they, you know, sometimes they look at KPIs in isolation. And if they have an enabling technology like Performance Point, they figure that's going to, you know, all of a sudden that that's going to be the, the the thing that's going to help help their business. The KPI, a KPI in itself in isolation is is of limited value. So uh, I'll give you an example. If I have a KPI in the in the uh, the, the shipping department. And the shipping department says, I can only send out full trucks. And so uh, the guy in the shipping department, um, he, he keeps his trucks uh, sitting around in the, in, the, in, the, in the docking area until the trucks are full and then he sends them out in delivery. So his KPI for full trucks is, 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 is green. It's 100%. It's really good. The guy's doing really well because he's only sending out full trucks. But the guy in, in sales now... Uh, is looking at customer services, you know what, our KPIs for customer service are really poor. And they're really poor because we're not sending out shipments in a, in a timely manner. Customer orders a product at the beginning of the week, and they don't get their product until a few weeks later, even though that we know we have that particular product in inventory. So the problem with KPIs in isolation is that they, is that they don't give a full picture. So that's what a scorecard does and allows, so performance point would be an enabler for a scorecarding. So it says, give me a, a number of KPIs because it's not just one thing. I'm going to have a KPI for, for customer service and have a KPI for shipping. And then combine those two. So, and, and then I'm going to take a look at, you know, what's a scorecard from the, from the, from the, from the business. So I'm going to take a look at customer service plus shipping to figure out what's what's that what's that proper balance you know do I send out full trucks or do I send out partially full trucks but make sure that you know customers have to have their let's say they have to have their product within five days of order that type of thing so you have to take a look at bigger picture and, and tools like performance pointer enablers for that you know that kind of logic I mean we're really getting into some business uh, reengineering kind of thinking here where you know in that scenario my immediate thought is that shipping has the wrong metric of performance. They're more concerned about minimizing the cost of shipping than they are about the quality of the service of the customer. And so it seems like the tool would help show up those disconnects between goals. Or even they just don't, they don't know what they don't know, right? Until that information is available to them, until you start connecting the dots, you you really don't have the uh, unless somebody is just thinking about it and and doing it on the side, you don't really necessarily have the ability to to put those different those different measurement points or uh, together in order to make those kinds of smart decisions. I, I agree, and the, and the scorecarding allows 
the company to go and disseminate this information to different groups so that groups which might be typically sort of don't, that might not talk to other groups within the company, they can see what those, what the issues are within the entire organization and then they can act accordingly. And so even in this simple example, the full trucks might be an issue because uh, with the cost of fuel going up, that might be a real, a real concern or there might be a concern with respect to uh, shipping us to hire, let's say, contract drivers to go and, to go and uh, actually drive the vehicles. So, so metrics in isolation are, are very, very limited value. Take, God, take a look at big picture, and you have to understand what's important to you as a company. Uh, it seems that individuals, uh, you know, I mean, if, if I'm responsible for making sure the trucks are full, and if that's what I'm told by management is the, the main thing I need to be focused on, um, and somebody else is asking me to optimize in terms of getting things to the customer quicker and not filling up the trucks, having information as an individual that says, well, here's why I'm being asked to do that and how it fits into the big picture can be really valuable to me just in terms of knowing uh, and having confidence that what I'm doing does matter. Uh, absolutely. And then the, and the, the converse to that is in senior management can now take a look at Saying, you know what, we've got these metrics which may be may be at odds with you, odds with each other. You have to decide what's important to you. So now I've got this vision. I'm digging this scenario, guys. I've got this vision of now I want to project. I know my fuel costs are high, so loaded trucks are smart. But it's costing me in my customer service angle. Would it be more beneficial to me? Uh, more beneficial to the company to raise the price of the product to offset the fuel cost so that I could ship more frequently with the same net margins. That's, that's, a, data, that's a data mining issue now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly what I'm thinking. How are the tools going to help me make that projection and sort of look at, and now I'm trying to build a scenario where, okay, what's going to happen if I raise prices? Are people, but I improve customer service as a process of raising prices. Am I going to be able to project that with the tools? Well, that, you, you can do that with data mining, and, and you can see now how even just my little trivial little example here can escalate into more things, and into, into more even a, a larger thought process within the company. So you're now thinking of how to uh, of how to meet customer requirements, um, and also how to how to uh, meet your own your own budgetary constraints within the company, and what other tools are there uh, around to help you with that. You can actually go and create mining models and say. You know, if I take a look at my pricing, you know, what's going to happen to my, uh, for going forward, what's going to happen uh, to my uh, customer base? Am I going to, are sales going to increase, decrease, stay the same, what? Don't know. So you can, you can actually go and create forecasting models to, to, and, uh, to go and try, to try and help you with that. And that's, that's what I'm like, I'm really excited about is the prospect of creating a forecasting model where I might actually be able to say out loud, we raised prices to increase customer satisfaction. I just love that. It's, but you could paint a scenario of that. I took that additional charge and I improved customer service more than the decrease in customer satisfaction of the increased price. You know, it's, it's really whack, but you know what? I, I, I like it. You're right. I, I love it. You know, you just sort of casually mentioned performance point and maybe we need to sort of clear up exactly what that is because that was, you, you were talking about scorecards and performance points. So two terms I think we need to nail down. Well, scorecards the scorecards are a generic term for for putting key, uh, key performance indicators all onto one uh, all onto one uh, all onto let's say one display. So you typically look at customer performance. Uh, you look at uh, internal processes. You look at your personnel. 
And then finally, you look at financial value. So that's a, a, a balanced scorecard uh, approach. Um, so that's a scorecard, and a lot of vendors have uh, different enabling technologies for scorecarding. Performance point is is uh, the extension of ProClarity server uh, that allows you to create um, uh, cubes. It allows end users to go and create cubes and create create analytics uh, uh, applications, which they they can share within their organization. So that's a tool that comes from Microsoft. Scorecarding is a generic, uh, more of a generic term. Oh, okay. And so Performance Point is really the tool that the users are going to interact with to get to these uh, OLAP resources and uh, also that whole mechanism around doing projections the, the, and planning. That's where this lives? Uh, yeah, they can do some of that in there or or you can all, always create custom applications against uh, against the cube and the mining stuff, uh, there, there aren't that, to be fair, there are not great uh, front-end mi- tools for mining. Um, right now, we create uh, some of that stuff internally uh, using .NET components, uh, and that's, there's, a, there's a bit of a weakness in, in the mining piece in particular. Not in, the, not in the OLAP piece, but in the mining piece in particular. But it does paint an interesting angle. Of course, this is Microsoft, which means all of these tools can be developed against using Microsoft development tools. So if you want to customize, you can. Absolutely. Um, seems like one of the values of Performance Point Server is that you can sort of uh, hand off or delegate the ability to do at least some customization and creation and maintenance of uh, in individuals and the team so that your, your IT department isn't necessarily burdened with constantly uh, doing new programming, but the, the teams or the individuals can, can sort of, you know, modify reports and, and do their own scorecards and some of their own analytics. I, I, I agree uh, completely, yes. It allows individuals to go and create their own, their own scorecarding. Um, so let's say at a department level, just be an ideal application for something like that, yes. So performance part is really, it's really, isn't it? It's a group of technologies. I know it uses um, SharePoint 2007. Obviously, it runs on Windows Server. Uh, SQL Server is a component of it. So is it, and then you, I guess what I'm hearing you say is that there's a uh, an additional component that sort of ties these things together and, and enables people to be able to, to really use this information all in one place. Right. There's a, there's a suite of components. Uh, there's planning, there's monitoring. Uh, also, as part of the the entire package, and then there's of course there's the the, the front end tools, which are um, look like uh, basically it's ProClarity, um, and allow people to to uh, create things, something like a, a a scorecard, or or to actually go and create analytics uh, against uh, against applications. Scorecards tend to be uh, more stack representations of, of data, so it allows you to just sort of go and take a look at something, uh, whereas an analytic application allows you to drill in. Um, and actually go and interact with the data. It doesn't mean that they can't be combined, which and they can be, but that's sort of typically how they're, they're set up. All right, gentlemen, I think we're about out of time. Uh, Val, any final words? Um, I have no final words, Richard, although it's been a slice <laughs> talking to you. Uh, it's I'll good to talk you, to you, too. In, uh, I'll see you in Toronto in May. Yeah, you bet. Dev Teach, uh, we'll all be there. We're, uh, we're going out for a sale, by the way, with a bunch of Microsoft guys. You're welcome to come aboard. Oh, it'll be a gas. I'll, I'll definitely be there. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio. Thank you.